Paul Steinhauser, I was just talking about your travel itinerary, Paul, back from South Carolina on the road, reports nationally for Fox News. Good morning, New Hampshire, the Pulse of an Edge. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Jack. Good to be back home in the Granite State here just for a day, though. i got to head out to Nevada and California uh, the rest of this week. we got a primary in Nevada tomorrow, both Democrats and Republicans, and, and President Biden will win it huge. I mean, he won 96.5% of the vote in South Carolina. He'll probably get something similar in Nevada. You know, he's, he's going to win the nomination, right? There's no question about that. Nikki Haley will win the primary tomorrow in Nevada. Why? Donald Trump's not on the ballot there in the primary. Two days later, they have a caucus in, in Nevada. They're doing boat jack. There's a whole long story there. He's on the caucus ballot. She isn't. So he'll win the caucus. That's where the delegates are. I guess both of them will get a little bit of bragging rights. And the other news is uh, Haley's campaign last night announcing they raised $16.5 million in January, which is their biggest monthly haul to date. You know, they're trying to show momentum here, obviously, with uh, touting those numbers. Still a big uh, uphill climb for her in her home state of South Carolina, if you look at the latest polls in this primary coming up on the 24th of this month. Oh, no doubt. She's down, what, this one public poll uh, came out last week and had her down 26 points. She said, and she told me, I interviewed her the other day down in South Carolina, she told me, Jack, all she has to do, she doesn't have to win South Carolina, she says she just has to do better than she did in New Hampshire. So what, she got 43% here, I guess that means she's got to do 44% there, but that's a climb just to get to that. But but catch this. She's going to be campaigning on Tuesday, Wednesday in California. That's one of the Super Tuesday states, so maybe she's trying to lay down a marker that, hey, whatever happens in South Carolina, she's moving on. Regardless, you know, she's still facing a huge uphill climb for the nomination. That's pretty crystal clear. I mean, if things don't change today, it feels like, as we said after New Hampshire, it feels like this is Trump and Biden, Biden, Trump again. Here we go, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think we'll probably be there by after Super Tuesday, right? I think it's going to be pretty clear. Uh, and then we'll move on to the general election that polls indicate most Americans don't want. No, that nobody's really thrilled about a 77-year-old Donald Trump and an 81-year-old Joe Biden going at it again for a second straight time. Here we go. Paul Steinhauser, thank you so much for joining us live. Good morning, Hampshire, the Pulse of an H. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Jack. Michael Graham, uh, one of our regular contributors and folks out there, executive editor, nhjournal.com, New Hampshire Journal. Michael, good Monday morning. How are you? You promoted me to regular contributor. Do I get the hat? I'm very excited, Jack. Hey, Michael, before you go, you got some interesting um, articles, both (laughs) on this border bill and some other things coming out of the weekend. But I just was reacting this morning, uh, and I wanted to know if I'm off base or not on this Manhattan DA, um, mm-hmm. Bragg, Alvin Bragg, that now he wants, even though they fled to uh, California, now he wants to go after those illegal migrants who jumped the two police officers a few Saturdays ago at, at Times Square at 830 at night, four violent criminals who broke into the country. Now he wants to go after them. Right. And I started looking through, because you wrote a story in New Hampshire Journal, NHL.com, one of the very few, about that Boston case of the Haitian migrant, the illegal migrant who raped that woman, mm-hmm. and the district court judge in Dorchester let the guy go, even though ICE was coming to pick him up to deport him, serial rapist, uh, no bail, released. So they eventually got him, and they're going to deport him. But I started looking at the numbers for 2023 nationally of how many criminals broke into America as part of the southern border crisis, and I was appalled at the numbers higher than I had thought. Why don't we hear about that nationally? Yeah, you know, that's a very good question. It's one of the arguments that the ACLU of New Hampshire made 
when they were complaining about about New Hampshire making up the money that Biden took away from northern border security. They said, well, you know, only 21 people actually crossed the border at that specific, you know, our little teeny stretch. And they ignored the fact that in the Swanton sector, you've had a 1,900% increase, Jack. Not 19%, not 190%, 19 times more uh, encounters with illegals in the Swanton sector than just two years ago. And that uh, the vast majority, about 70% of the people who've been caught who were on the known or suspected terrorist list, what they call the KSP list, crossed at the northern border, not the southern border. And so they simply ignore, they, they, they find the numbers that they want to focus on. Which, by the way, I have no problem. It is, it is important to point out that uh, while the numbers are, are massively bigger, you're still talking about 7,000 people, uh, you know, uh, over the course of a year, as opposed to Eagle Pass, Texas, where they had days where they had 7,000 people in a single day. A day, and So yeah. it's hard to get people to focus on numbers, Jack. As you know, it's easy to confuse well, people, throw a bunch of numbers but, up. But again, but again, but again mm-hmm. 9-11, less than 20 known terrorists brought the mm-hmm. Twin Towers and the attack. Last year, the ERO part of ICE has 139 known terrorists broken to America that they apprehended mm-hmm. and sent back to other countries. They list the rapists, the gang members, homicides, and mm-hmm. each one that they arrested had an average of four criminal convictions of violent crime or assault in the countries they left. So criminals are taking advantage of our porous border. Mm-hmm. 170,000 arrested last year, 20% increase. If that was your daughter or your niece or your nephew or your friend who was assaulted in Boston, I would give a damn. Yeah, no, that's uh, so that's uh, obviously a key part of the conversation, the actual, you know, real-life impacts, including the billions with a B, Jack, of dollars of public sector spending that have to occur when you have people. And I, I want to say that people think that it's anti-migrant to talk about you know, the, the expense of the public of education, health care, et cetera. And it's not. This is a fact about life in America. We give away a lot of stuff. And if you're a low-skill worker, that is, you don't know how to, you know, you haven't learned how to you know, weld or work on cars, you just get a job like, you know, flipping burgers, whatever, which, by the way, they're all fine jobs, but as a group, you're going to cost us more in public services than you're going to pay for with taxes. That's just true about low-skilled workers. What we've done in the past, since Biden's been in office, is allow about 3.5 million of those low-skilled workers into the U.S., and so you're going to end up spending money. Even if they're wonderful people and they work hard and they eventually become higher-skilled workers at some point in the future – it all costs billions of dollars for the taxpayers. I have another number to annoy you, Jack, if you'd like it. Yeah. So we have a piece up. Shaheen backs new border deal as Sununu tours crisis at Eagle Pass. And uh, we point out that Senator Sheen last night endorsed this new $118 billion spending package. It gives $60 billion to Ukraine, $14 billion to Israel, and uh, has new rules at the border. The Center for Immigration Studies reports that the Department of Justice's own numbers show in fiscal year 2023, 160,000 undocumented migrants who had court dates and were supposed to appear last year just didn't show up. 160,000. That's Manchester and Nashua combined. Yeah. And, that and just simply and, said, what? Well, you gave me a piece of paper. What do I care? And if you're one of these folks in New York City that jumped the four, uh, two police officers or that illegal Haitian migrant criminal in Boston who raped that woman 
and you're going to get arrested, and then they let you out bail free. They just let you go. Are you are you are you afraid of breaking the law again? You're afraid that you're going to get slowed down on your way to California, where you can get free stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love the fact that they know for a fact that these organized criminal gangs who are, uh, it's called organized retail crime. That's it's one of the yeah. new problems. Uh, you know, when you see these mass uh, robberies at stores where people run in and, yeah. and, and shoplift, it's not just teenage, not mostly not just teenagers being teenagers. They're part of a gang and it's yeah. part of, of initiation or it's part of filling orders they've taken on their illicit and, websites, et cetera. Uh, they take they steal in New York, Jack, but they spend in Florida Yeah, because they don't want to steal in Florida because, as one of them put it, or as a prosecutor put it, I should say, you get arrested and go to jail in Florida. Yeah, yeah, Florida. So they, to New York. Hey, Jack, I want to ask you about this. Whether though, go to the New politics. York or California, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. But I, I want to ask you about the politics. So we have this big bill about the border, and it has some stuff in it that a lot of border security people like, for example, more detention at the border, less of this giving people yep. tickets and letting them leave. So that's, that's good stuff. But one thing it does, first of all, it doesn't build a wall. It sets aside money so that at some point in five years, somebody can choose to build a wall. So there's no wall. And the second thing is it says when illegal immigrant crossings hit 5,000 a day for a week, averaging 5,000 a day, then we are going to turn away people coming to the border without permission. Then. That means – that at 1.4 million people could cry if they do 4,999 a day this, this, and sneak in. You know, just say, stop, whoa, whoa, slow down, everybody. you got to wait yeah, till Tuesday. You, Sorry, pal. You have a, you up. That, that allows a million and a half illegals yeah. on purpose to come in to the U.S. You, across the border without permission. You have a story on this, and we're only talking about it because there's an election in 2024 November. This is a hot-button mm-hmm. issue. So this is all politics. This bill does very little to protect our border. And by the way, the other thing, the national media, because they'll blame Trump for wanting Republicans to vote against it so he can mm-hmm. own this issue. They, they don't point out that the Biden administration, the president, for three years has done Zippo, and they don't even need this bill to get tougher at the border. There are measures a commander-in-chief can take to protect his border, and they refuse to do it. Um, but I think, back to the politics, though, now that there's an actual bill, there's going to be an actual vote yeah, yeah. on Wednesday. Are Senator Shaheen and Senator Hassan really going to vote for this bill? Now, Senator Shaheen yes. is clear she supports yes. $60 yes. Billion for Ukraine. Yes, yes. Well, are, what, are you kidding you know? me? The, the answer is yes. Okay, well, I mean, this, it's just, it has so much stuff in it that's controversial. No, be, because being the Democrats are going to blame Donald Trump for not wanting to do anything, and Republicans for not wanting to do anything at the border when they've owned this issue for three years and done nothing. Mm-hmm. Of course they're going to vote for it. The well, optics are good for them. Well, you know, New Hampshire is a safe state for Democrats at the federal level. Uh, you know, New Hampshire doesn't vote for Republicans for national and you know, Congress. But if you were in a state where it's competitive, I don't know that you would want to put your name on the bill that was released last night. It looks scary. Hey, one more thing, Jack, because you're such an arbit, uh, such a uh, template, uh, such a standard bearer for decorum and civility. Oh my goodness! Uh, there seems to be yeah. a lack of that at the state house. Uh, you, uh, I, I think you know Drew Klein at the Josiah Bartlett Center. Yeah, a notoriously mild-mannered guy. He's the, he was there last week testifying about a bill that's rent control, rent stabilization, whatever. He was an opponent of it. He finishes testifying. He leaves. He thinks the conversation is over. The sponsor of the bill, Representative Reed of Newmarket, follows him out and starts screaming at him, attacking him for daring to testify against her bill and what he had to say about it. 
It was so loud, Jack, it brought, and we've got the video at NHJournal.com, it brought the hearing inside to a stop because there was so loud outside. You could hear her screaming on the microphone inside the building. And that follows in this incident where Representative David Luneau, who has a reputation for being un, uh, less than polite to citizens who show up and testify, interrupted a hearing while Kate Baker Demers was talking about EFAs, and he just he walked into the middle of the room and stopped the hearing and started. She can't say that about it. I'm going to say it. And so now there's this new yeah. conversation going on in Concord about Democrats who are going out of their way not to attack Republicans. Like I think Jack, everyone agrees. If you if you get elected, you know you're going to take a few elbows as part of yeah. life. But yeah, these yeah. are citizens who are showing up. A woman from the immigration group, anti anti illegal immigration group, fair showed up. And Senator Becky Whitley accused her of being part of a white supremacist organization. Well, you know, and, at least and when Senator you fly. Carson, let me finish. Senator Carson gaveled the meeting to a temporary halt right. because she was so offended that this. <sighs> once again, you don't have to agree with the witness. You don't have to yeah. vote their way, but let them have their stay. But calling them white supremacists yeah. or following them in the halls and shouting them down, this is what's been happening with Democratic members of the legislature uh, since the beginning of the year. Well, Michael, I'll let you go on this. You know, at least when you fly... They do have oxygen that will pop down and available during the flight if you need some oxygen to your brain. Maybe they just need to start <laughs> popping oxygen at the state house. Make in these committee hearings have some oxygen that will pop from the table and give yourself some oxygen. Thank you, Michael. Can I add one more story, Jack? Real quick, just one more quick story. Yeah. Real quick. So, it, so in twenty twenty two, a teenage kid who happens to be black uh, showed up to. He's with this left wing group, Rights and Democracy, and he wanted to testify about a bill. He leaves, and a House Democrat, uh, Nicole Klein-Knight, chases him into the halls of the State House and sh- is shouting at him, and she's shouting the N-word over and over again. Oh my, again. That this poor 18-year-old kid. Let me, let me finish. So it's a big thing. We wrote about it in the Journal. Yeah. Finally, she gets a letter up her man. She doesn't run again. So yeah. he, but ironically, he, Jonah Wheeler, he then ran, and he was elected to the State House. So he just started serving this past yeah. term. Do you remember that vote on the uh, kids getting sex change surgery yeah. as yeah. minors, Jack? Yeah. J- Representative Wheeler was the guy who voted. With, uh, he broke with his party, said, I don't think it's appropriate for minors to have the surgery. And he got screamed and yelled at yeah. so much, they had to move him to a safe seat from his fellow Democrats. And think about that. He's yelled at before he becomes yeah. a member. He's yelled at after he becomes a member. Why would people want to participate if what? this is how you're going to get treated? Well, you got to you got to get some oxygen bags at the state house, Michael. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Good morning, New Hampshire. Powered by Sig Sauer. Now, back to Jack Heath on the Pulse of New Hampshire. All right, welcome back. Aaron Real, Missy News Radio National Correspondent, now joins the program live and talking about the global impact of what's going on in the Middle East. Of course, U.S. retaliatory airstrikes for what happened in Jordan. Some of this happening over the weekend when the markets were not open. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning. Yes. So we're basically seeing the proxy war being played out between Iran and ourselves. We've been talking about this for a while, that there could be spillover from the Hamas-Israel-Israeli war, and it's no longer hypothetical or could be. It's happening. It's here. And one of the biggest culprits in this is the Red Sea. So there are questions that are mounting in both the Senate and the House about the U.S. Navy protecting foreign-flagged cargo vessels from Houthi attacks in the Red Sea. So there's calls to prioritize the defense of U.S. flagged vessels. That makes perfect sense. Defend our own. But maritime industry data shows that for 
global ocean trade to function, there is virtually no alternative to foreign carriers. In fact, 97% of U.S. trade is transported on vessels that are flagged by foreign nations. And this one shocked me, Jack. Apparently, most of the goods that are being shipped to U.S. companies and on ships that are staffed by mostly American citizens are flagged from Liberia. That one, I just had no idea. It's followed by... Panama, not as shocking, uh, Singapore, Malta, uh, and Hong Kong. So those would make sense. But less than 3% of trade is carried on U.S. vessels. So protecting only U.S. flag vessels really doesn't make sense if we actually want to protect U.S. interests. Yeah, and we see it in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. It's a port. It's a working port. And a lot of these cargo tankers, if they're not loaded with things like salt or propane, but good, sometimes you'll see the flags of the nation they come from, and very few, as you say, are registered in America, but they, they transport right into Portsmouth, New Hampshire. So thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Have a good day. Rory O'Neill, NBC News Radio National Correspondent, the latest on the Middle East. Good Monday morning, Rory. Hey, Jack. Good morning. Take it away. I know we had some back and forth, mostly on our side on some strikes, but, of course, uh, we did get hit a little bit, but uh, pretty, pretty strong attacks that started on Friday afternoon. Uh, They did start on Friday. They continued Saturday and Sunday. Sometimes uh, our British counterparts also assisting with some of these strikes. We saw about, I think, 85 strikes on Friday, 35 or so on Saturday, a handful more yesterday. The national security uh, spokesperson saying that um, there is the possibility of the U.S. striking directly into Iran. So far, though, our forces have not We're trying to send a message to Iran to stop funding these militia groups that have been striking out at American facilities and bases uh, throughout the Middle East, more than 150 of these attacks since October 7th. So we're trying to reduce the capability and capacity of these militant groups while also sending a message to knock it off. Well, yeah, and of course, look what they've done to the, uh, the merchant ships. Um, these groups in the Red Sea and beyond. And, of course, a lot of this is cargo headed to the West. You know, it's interesting because you had that controversy of whether or not that money through Qatar was going to return to frozen assets. You wonder if the United States, in addition to these strikes, which, by the way, in my opinion, have to happen, and I think they probably have to be stronger, but Tehran's behind all this stuff, whether it was Hamas, Hezbollah, the Red Sea, Syria, the attack in Jordan. But... Um, stronger economic sanctions, blockades, if need be. I wonder if we're going to see some of those steps. Yeah, going after some of the oil capacity of Iran may be in the mix, but you do that, then that means we're paying five bucks or six bucks a gallon back here. So that's yeah. something they want to, you know, they don't want to do that in an election year for sure. So, yeah, we'll see if this is just the beginning of something. All right, Rory O'Neill, NBC News Radio National Correspondent on this money. Thank you, Rory. Thanks, Jack. Tom Raphael, President and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental, with some good news on a Monday. A busy weekend. It's all good news. We like to end the show on Fridays and Monday on good news stuff. Tom, good morning. Absolutely. With all the other news, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the, the channel, so to speak, and go right to the positivity. So on Saturday, we had a snowshoe race at Canterbury Shaker Village at 10 o'clock. I don't know if you took a walk on Saturday, but what a gorgeous day. And we did it to honor uh, Tom Walton, who about a year ago um, died of a cardiac event. Um, and we raised money first for the Canterbury Shaker Village. And for all my uh, following out there, Canterbury Shaker Village, it's 20 minutes from Concord. Get out there, snowshoe, whatever. We had a great snowshoe race. Awesome. And, uh, and then the same day, registration fees went to the Tom Walton Scholarship Fund. So we killed two birds with one stone. We 
we raised money for Canterbury, we raised money for the Tom Walton Scholarship Fund, and we all had a good time. And then on Sunday, we had a regular foot race out of Hopkinton, out of Storms Fitness, out and back race, and we raised money for early learning, which is one of my, uh, as you know, <clears throat> besides uh, veterans' oral health and oral health in general, early learning is one of my passions. So we we raised some good funds for that. So so the point in all this is what I try to explain to people is we have a when Delta Dental is out there, um, we are combining population health with fundraising, you know, for, for you know for good for good causes. And since you mentioned the veterans, thank you because the show and rerunning the show, I got a number of calls last week. And Mitch is actually seeing someone today. Doctor Mitch is seeing someone today, and I got a very nice message from a gentleman in the Seacoast who listens to all the shows and appreciates, you know, the description of the seven buckets, which I won't go through the seven now. I know we don't have time, but veterans, if you're not eligible for the VA, which is generally um, if you're if you're not a fully disabled or a POW, and if you're not eligible for Medicaid, and there's, you know, a few of you that are eligible for Medicaid, then just give me a call directly at uh, 223 1300 and Dr. Carre or I will call you, call you back and it's been it's been a eye-opening experience but I think Jack I think with all that's going on in the world you know my approach is you know what can I do to help with right. oral health what can I do to help with veterans mental health um oral health um so in early, in early learning so that's the scoop, and I'm sticking with it. In my book, Stories from the Starting Line, we added a chapter. So if you people buy the book now, there's a whole new chapter in there with some other runners who were yes. wanted to get into the book. And that and, that, and those funds go to Oral Health for Veterans as well as the Tom Walton Scholarship Fund. Tom, you may have to add a chapter on J-Dog, not because it's a road race, Delta Nantel, one of your community road races, but J-Dog, would you say last month how many steps did you record in yeah, general? Well, the total. Tom's going to have to hear these he's, steps. Yeah, he's been pretty amazing with his How many? walking and his fitness. Last month, it was 800,900 steps in the month of January. Wow. We, so it's funny because we uh, we do something like that uh, at work here where we're, we're tracking you know different fitness things. But that's pretty impressive, Jay, so keep it going. Thank you. We'll do. All, All right, right, Tom. Thank you. I'll talk to you later in the week. Great. Take care. Bye.